in today's show. Let's recap the action from Sunday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We also have podcasts that uh, cover whatever your favorite team is in the NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, college sports. We've got podcasts to cover all of that, so check out that show that is applicable to you. We're going to talk about the games for Sunday, what happened in those games, some news, some what foes, some trade stuff, updates on the Locked On Championship League as well, top ads and drops, best lines of the night, all that stuff that we always do on these shows. Let's kick straight into the news, though. Malcolm Brogdon with his hamstring injury. You're going to be shocked to know this, but the NBA might be rushing someone back from a hamstring injury. Never never happened before. Only 1,700 times a year. But it looks like Brogdon might be close to returning. Uh, he is listed as questionable. Um, Daniel Gafford, also listed as questionable after it looked like, holy shit, he might be out for a long, long time with that knee problem, which turned into a quad problem. And now it looks like he might miss a couple of games. So just watch your Sal Highs and Montrez Harrell. If Gafford does return. And then in Boston, Rob Williams and Marcus Smart, both ill last game. They should be returning as well. So some good news there on the injury front. No updates on some other players like Michael Fultz or Jonathan Isaac or TJ Warren. Christos Porzingis remains out. We don't have any updates on those guys at this point, but some uh, positive news around some other players there. So now it's time for us to go to Trade Central. The most traded player in the last day has been none other than Jim Harden. And these are some of the deals that have gone down. Straight up for Jar Morant. Oh, Josh, these only happen in taco leagues, mate. Definite collusion here. These would be vetoed. All right, but they weren't. And this, I can tell if a trade is ridiculous, right? I can tell if it's a bullshit trade or if it's a dynasty trade. There are plenty of people. Harden's a fraud, mate. Only gets value because of the free throws. Jar's MVP, mate. Jar's MVP. People will do this. People will do this deal. I'll take Harden every day of the week. Taco. I'll take I'll do I'll I would take Harden every day here. Harden was traded with Darius Garland for Steph Curry. Yeah, Harden for Curry straight up. I think that's equivalent. Harden's coming, boys. Like he, by by the end of November, he'll be a top five player. I'm really confident in that. If you're able to get Harden and Garland. For Steph Curry, I'll take it every day of the week as well. This one, this is someone who hates James Harden. For Stephen Adams and Darren Fox, you blokes have got no idea. For Brad Beal and Cam Reddish. Now, Reddish, let's be honest, is a throw-in in a 12-team format. Beal has been struggling himself. But people hate James Harden. It's not even basketball what he does. It's just fake, fake foul drawing, guys. It's not even basketball. They hate him. So anytime there's a slip, you can get him for cheap. 
You saw that his ADP was six this year, which was ridiculous. I thought anyway, hey, it doesn't look ridiculous at this point considering the struggles he had. For Bill and Reddish, yeah, mate, no worries. And then this one's interesting. Straight up for your mate, our mate, my mate, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Now that's the only one where I have pause. But I wanted to highlight this trade that went down because if this is a category league, it's a ridiculous trade. And I'll tell you why it's a ridiculous trade. I know Harden's free throws haven't been high volume, but you are trading your number one pick, James Harden, for another number one pick in Giannis Antetokounmpo, but players with just completely different skill sets. So the whole structure of your team is is done. It's like just completely changed. And maybe you looked at him and went, well, Harden with his free throws down. My team's not actually a good free throw team. So it's more value for me to get Giannis. That might have been the case. But it is an illustration of, I couldn't tell you which side of that I like better. It might be Giannis, but that really depends on how the rest of my team looks. And I think that is super, super important to know or to pay attention to when you're talking um, when you're talking fantasy trades. It's very, very important to know that or to, to have an understanding of that. It's time for Watfo. Again, drop your Watfos for tomorrow's show down here in the comments on YouTube. Just write Watfo and you know, write what your one is for tomorrow. Let's focus on Ja Morant. Ja Morant, when the last time I did a recap show was at 61% or when I did that you know, best players in the NBA for fantasy video, he was at 61% from two. He's now down at 58 or 57.8 or something like that. It was always going to drop off, but what are the odds? What are the odds that his two-point percentage for this season remains over 55%? He was at 50 last year. I think that he won't remain over 55. I think he's like a 52, 53 guy. I think there's a 30% chance that he finishes over 55% from the two from two-point land for the season. That is my Watfo for uh, Ja Morant and his two-point percentage for this season. Guys, whether you are... I don't even know what I was going to say there. Just completely went off on a tangent. Finding new talent in this climate isn't easy. So why are you still waiting on the sidelines when it comes to hiring for your business? Get aggressive by getting Indeed. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't struggle to find your own quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners you with at every stage of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post according to Indeed data. And candidates who you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search according to Indeed data. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is a familiar problem that's not involving hiring, but it's involving TV. You watch your live sports in one spot. You watch your on-demand shows somewhere else. You've got your highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbors log in for something else. It's all over the shop. It's too many confusing devices and logins and all this sort of stuff. I want to tell you about a way to get, finally, get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. Now you can watch all your favorite sports, shows, movies, all in that one place without that clutter and confusion. 
That means no more juggly remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Okay, so let's look at our package of the top ads since we did the waiver wire show. That's why the percentages are low because we did a show on this six hours ago. But Carmelo Anthony is the highest added player in that time. I don't know why, but he is. I guess it's for streaming for today's game. But I, again, as a, point, a points and three streamer, there's value. As a long-term 12-team option, not really. People added Cody Martin. I said that was a mistake earlier today. That remains a mistake. Just have a look at what happened with Rogier back. Larry Nance up 0.9%. Some encouraging numbers for Nance, but still under 20 minutes of contest, which leaves him really in trouble of maintaining 12-team value. I don't think it's there. I like Brunson. He's up 0.9%. Uh, Grayson Allen, good streamer. LaMarcus Aldridge, another strong game. He's fine to stream, but there are games where he just looks horrible. And it is hard to trust him on a regular basis. And then you've got the painter, Matisse Leibel, who is almost a top 100 player this year on the back of insane steal and block numbers, which, to be honest, how confident are we that he won't be able to maintain those insane steals and blocks? It is Matisse Leibel. That is literally what he does. All right, so if we look at the top drops, Derek Rose down 1.7%. I think he's a fine 12-team drop. Devin Vassell down one and a half. I can understand dropping him. Probably would hold a little bit, but I can understand it. Prish Zachua, clear 12-team drop. Jaden McDaniels down 1.4%. If there's someone you want, get rid of McDaniels. No worries at all. Ken Birch, yep, drop. Terrence Ross, yep, drop. And then Monty Morris down 1.1%. That's after his best game as well yesterday. I still don't think that Morris is a must-roster 12-team league guy, so he is a pretty solid drop there as well. Let's look at the first game of the day. This one was an early contest. The Sacramento Kings and the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks win at 105.99, but Rashawn Holmes continues to be amazing. 27 minutes for Holmesy, 22 and 13 with two steals. He is now the 18th ranked player this season. Remember when it was thought he was going too high when he was going in the 30s or 40s? His shooting numbers are out of control. They're through the roof. That probably won't stick but he can be 65% easy. He can actually play more minutes than this. He's been amazing. While the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. In Barnesy's revenge game against the Mavericks, he actually had his worst game of the year, 15, 10, and 5 with three steals, shooting 31% from the field and 13% from through. We harped on and on and on about, A, that revenge games don't exist, and B, that his shooting percentages were going to drop. It's still a pretty good game from Barnesy. He's still the 20th ranked player, and he had 43 fantasy points. I think this is it's absolutely on track to be his best ever fantasy season. That doesn't mean that you look at him as a top 20 player, though. Halliburton, 33 minutes, 14, 6, and 4 with two blocks. People dropped him at the start of the year. That was obviously insane, and it looks more insane. And every year, despite warnings, despite whatever, you say, don't panic, don't panic, drop guys who shoot poorly. It happens every year, and it happened with Halliburton. Bud Heald was solid enough, but you know, bad shooting, 31% for 11 points with three threes. He's a fringe 12-teamy. Oh, not fringe, he's better than fringe. And he's been playing at a pretty high level. While the backup center scenario, I can't I can't work it out. Some days it's Tristan Thompson. It was Alex Len for two games in a row. Now it's back to Tomo, who had 13 and five. I, I don't know how to figure out who's playing which game. Let's talk about De'Aaron Fox, because I'm sure there's a lot of hand-wringing going on about Foxy. He played 39 minutes. But let's be honest, he's been dreadful. 14, 8, and 
31% shooting, 60% from the line. He's the 175th ranked player this year. He is hurt. He has hurt his shoulder. That is why shots aren't going in, and that is why he's not as aggressive as what he normally is. I still think he's a buy low. I would be cautious with it, but he is a buy low. He's not this bad, but it's obviously not looking great for him. He's going to play through it, it appears, but it's obviously having an impact. He is not this bad of a player, quite clearly. Davion Mitchell got another 26 minutes. That brings his season average to 27 minutes, and it brings his season ranking to 237th. Yet, so many people still think he deserves to be on a 12-team league roster. He does not. Please drop him. In fact, Jack Armstrong... Get that garbage out of here! He had six points, no threes, no rebounds, no steals with three assists. He can be a steal streamer, but he didn't bring him here. And he just is not worth holding in 12-teamers. Mo Harkless continues to start and continues to do nothing. Two points in 17 minutes for Flaming Mo. Haven't done this for a while. On to the Mavericks. No, Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. Now, I suggest you go and do this on YouTube. Go and search it up. Locked on NBA, where I talked with Isaac Harris of Locked on Mavs, and, and I brought up a conspiracy theory about Kristaps Porzingis. That in the game that he went out with back soreness and you know, everyone's favorite dickhead, Jason Kidd, at the end of the game said, oh, he's fine. Which, pro- probably on the surface, you don't read that as he's fine. It's just like, stop asking me. He's fine. He's just a soft cock or something like that. That's how, yeah, in hindsight, I'm interpreting Kidd's comment. But conspiracy theory, Josh, which I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. But I brought this up to Isaac and he didn't shoot it down. I said, is there any possibility that Porzingis was playing that poorly, that they just said, mate, like things aren't going right here. We're just not going to play you until you get traded. And Isaac said, that's sort of what happened with Dennis Smith Jr. When he was, of course, traded for Porzingis. And I went, oh, okay. I I think that's a 0.05% chance of happening. But Isaac's reaction wasn't like, Josh, kids cover your ears. You're a fucking idiot. Shut up. It was like, oh yeah, Dallas fans know that's what happened with Dennis Smith. So keep an eye on that. Luca, 23, 8, and 10 with two of six from the line. Continues to be a disastrous investment if you picked him in the top five. Dwight Powell, 12 and 8 with a steal, a block, and a three. Very good game from Dwight Powell. He's an elite streamer. It does help that Porzingis and Muxy Kleber were out here. I wouldn't be rushing to grab Powell. But he's solid enough. Well, Tim Hardaway was okay. 16 points, four threes, three assists, two steals. Not bad from Timmy, but realistically, he's a points and threes streamer. A Duncan Robinson, if you like. A Seth Curry, a Joe Harris versus a must-roster guy. Finney Smith was all right. Two steals, a block, bad shooting. But the minutes he gives you are solid. And he has nice back-end 12-team value, but more as an in-and-out streamer. While uh, the burner, Jason Bronson? No, Jalen Bronson. Had eight points with two assists in those 27 minutes, and Reggie Bullock continues to be a disaster. Seven points with one three. You know where Bullock ranks? 314th. That is terrible, in fact. Even with Porzingis and Boban and Muxy Kleber all not playing, Moses Brown played a minute and 14 seconds. Nail the coffin, that one. Frankie Nilakina, how's that? 12 points for Frank in 21 minutes. Don't think we need to care too much about that from fantasy, but it's just good to see Frank doing something positive. Let's go on to the second game of the day. The Utah Jazz. They beat the undermanned Bucks 107-95. Rudy Gobert, 
Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Only nine points on three shots for Gobert, but 13 boards and four blocks. People were complaining these box blocks weren't there. Who cares? He's a 28th-ranked player now. While Don Mitchell, yeah, really solid game in the end here. 28 points on 56% shooting with four threes and two steals. He remains the 30th-ranked player, which is right in line with sort of where he was last year and where he was drafted. Conley sat out on the back-to-back, but came back roaring. 20 points, four threes, not much else, but good numbers nonetheless. While Bogdanovich continues to struggle a little bit, but he's 94th. Like that's sort of where you should have been looking at him in a draft. It's not bad. 14 points, five threes. While Ingles had five points, he is not a must-roster 12-team league guy. And to be honest, neither is Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Let me rephrase this with Clarkson. He's the 136th ranked player this year, which in a 12-team league, you roster 156 players. So that's clearly within the realms of that. But when I say he's not a 12-team must-roster, he's a guy that... He is most likely the worst player in your roster. So if you're looking to activate an IR player, you're looking to add a free agent, you're looking to stream someone in, I don't think Clarkson's upside is anywhere near high enough that I need to hold him through all of those scenarios. If there's nothing else out there, if my option is Royce O'Neal, sorry, no shade to you, Royce, then I'll hold Clarko. But if Al Horford's there for some stupid reason, like he is in some leagues, Cole Anthony's available, Franz Wagner is there, yeah, Clarko, get out of here. There's plenty of guys that I can add in that if they don't work out, oh, well, I'll find another guy. Oh, well, I'll find another guy. That's why I say he's a droppable player. Um, Hassan Whiteside. Your mate. The world. Continues to be a streaming option. Nine points, uh, no, four points, nine rebounds, two blocks. If he didn't shoot 40% from the field, it would have been a lot better. He's ranked higher than both Clarkson and Ingles this season. It's only specialist stuff. Rebounds, blocks, field goals. That's it. But that has value if that's what you need. So don't completely poo-poo it. Reggie, uh, Reggie Gay, Rudy's unknown brother. Rudy Gay should be back pretty soon, so we'll see what that does to Eric Pascal's minutes. On to the Bucks. There was no Drew Holiday. There was no Brooke Lopez. And then before the game, there was no Chris Middleton who was out with a non-COVID illness. They had to start a patchwork lineup of the Antetokounmpo's, Grayson Allen, George Hill, and Pat Connaughton. No wonder they got smashed. Giannis had 25, 7 and 6, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and hit both his free throws. That's good for my Watfo. Well, it was a good game from Thanasis as well. 10 and 9 with 3 steals. Now, this is not a long-term solution for Thanasis, but it was good to see some numbers. Grayson Allen, great short-term streamer, but Drew, Chris, all come back, and then his value just goes into being a 3-point streamer. 18 points, 5 threes for Grayson Allen, while Punchbob played 19 minutes for 15 and 5. I think he's a fringe 12-team league guy, but much like Jordan Clarkson, the upside is so low that if there is someone else out there that you want, I wouldn't be rushing to grab uh, Bob. People uh, roster Paddy Connaughton a lot. They shouldn't. He had five points in 29 minutes, and he's just going to go back to being an absolute nothing when these three guys return, like a nothing. Rodney Hood had a hand issue and didn't return to the game. The x-rays were inconclusive, and knowing Rodney Hood's injury luck, he probably smashed every bone in his hand, but you couldn't see it on the scan. The guys had no luck whatsoever. Let's hope he is okay um, moving forward, not that he's going to have any real value from a fantasy perspective, but you just don't want the guy to be consistently injured, which unfortunately he has been. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Have you had it? Why not? If you haven't, orange flavor, raspberry flavor, strawberry, coconut, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, German chocolate. Orange flavor. I don't know if I said that, but it's that good. Get yourself some Built Bar. 
They're not only delicious, they're not only the best tasting protein bar ever, they're also good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories per bar, just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. And you can get these delicious, healthy built bars for 15% off. Head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you'll save 15% off these best tasting protein bars ever. What are they? They're Built Bars. Built.com. The promo code is LOCK15. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Okay, let's go on to the fourth game. Third game. Third game of the day. That's what we should be going on to. Yeah, let's do that. It is the Portland Trailblazers and the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets get the win in the end, 125-113. Yusuf Nurkic only played 26 minutes. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. He still racked up 13 and 14 with two steals and a block. And despite the 25 minutes, he's the 55th ranked player. That's probably around where you drafted him. It's obviously frustrating because we know if he played 30 minutes a night, much like we're seeing at the moment with Jonas Valanciunas, that if he plays the big minutes, he will smash. It is, I guarantee you he will smash. It's just unfortunate that we are seeing guys like Nance and Zeller thieve minutes from him. But still, the numbers are right. 19 points, five threes for Anthony Simons in 19 minutes. He's providing solid value. Like if you've got a Lonnie Walker on your team, Simons is an option in that spot too for a points and threes type streamer. While Christian James McCullum had 25, two and eight with four threes, a really good game, albeit on high usage with low efficiency, but solid numbers. While Nance played only the 18, he had eight and seven with a steal and two blocks. Now the steal and two blocks are good. The 80% shooting is good. Larry Nance now is the 178th ranked player. Will there be a chance of him him getting 25 minutes a night? Highly doubtful, unless there are injuries, and I'm not super keen on holding him. Damian Lillard played 38 minutes. That's a good sign, but 14 points on 25% shooting. Guys, I'm I'm worried. I am not trading him away. I am not buying him low. I just have to wait and see what happens. I don't want to be right that he's got an injury that might require surgery and end his season. I don't want to be right on that. Like, I don't want us to be robbed of Damian Lillard at his best. But you can't watch him and tell me, yeah, that's just Dame. The shots just aren't falling because it's not. Like, he's just, that's just not how, he, how it is. It's not, not how Dame plays. It was great to see 12 assists. That's awesome. But he just is not the same as he usually is. Um, what do we do with Bob Covington? Six points in 29 minutes. He's obviously shit house, but he blocked two shots and he hit two threes. That's not far off what he does. Now we have seen him do this year after year after year, be shit house for six weeks, two months, and then drop a top 40 stretch for three months. Every year he gets older, the less confident I am in him doing it, but I'm still holding for a bit. Norman Powell, 14 points, five assists. Let's get one thing clear. Portland Norman Powell is not Toronto Norman Powell. The shots that are generated under Terry Stotts or Chauncey Billups are not the same as the ones that are generated from Nick Nurse. His role is not the same. I still believe he's a must-hold player, but I just don't think the expectation should be that Power can produce what he produced in Portland. Nasir Little was all right, eight points, two threes, but with Powell back, his any any semblance of appeal he had as a 12-team league guy is probably cooked and probably even for 14-teamers. Let's go to Charlotte. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. We finally got 33 minutes of Lamelo Ball. It was pretty bloody good as well. 27, 9, and 7 with four threes and a steal. LaMelo Ball, despite all the nonsense with the minutes, is a top 30 player this year. I think he can push into the top 20, perhaps. But even if he doesn't, even if he stays here, it's fine. This is where he's drafted in that 25 to 35 range. With Terry Rozier back, interestingly, 33 minutes in his return, 14, 2, and 5. 40 points. No, not 40 points. 40%. 
it was fine. Make sure he's rostered in your league. How did that impact Miles Bridges? Now, Miles Bridges saw his usage go down to 19%. He was still a team best plus 22 who had 19-6 with nine assists, hit three threes and had a block and was still excellent from the field and excellent from the line. We always anticipated there would be a usage drop with Rogier back. I did not expect him to remain the ninth ranked player and he's not anymore. He's 10th. He dropped a spot. But he's this good at the moment. And I don't actually see too much that's unsustainable. The 25 usage was unsustainable. But if he gets 22 usage, 21 usage, which is not far off what happened today, he's going to smash the top 50. Smash it. Ube played like 16 minutes straight in the second half, which was weird. 26 and 7, 5 assists, 2 steals and 6 threes. If you still have Ubre, I would absolutely be using this as a sell high moment. There's no way he keeps that up. Well, PJ Washington, you look at the line, you go, man, 17, 2 and 3 with 2 blocks. That's sexy. But he played 21 minutes and he shot 100%. Now, if you are that red hot that you're not missing a shot and Mason Plumley's in front of you and your coach still, still says, Peach, just give us 21. I'm not super encouraged by that. Are you? We know PJ Washington can be wildly inefficient as well. So if this is instead of 8 of 8, if it's 3 of 8, then you're talking about a 10, 2, and 3 game, which is like fine, I guess. Now, the upside for Peach is solid, but I'm just not confident of him hitting it. Haywood had 12 points in 29 minutes, mainly because Ubre got those extra minutes. Well, Mason Plumley, I think we can drop him. In fact, Jacka Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Four and six, 27 minutes. 29% from the field, missed both his free throws. In a punt free throw scenario, sure. Yeah, he's shithouse there, but like if you're punting it, that doesn't matter. He's just offering not much. Well, Ish Smith had five assists, but you know, thankfully we're getting more Lamello ball. Also on Cody Martin, I referenced it earlier. With uh, Rogier back, he had uh, four points in 15 minutes with two blocks. That value that he was putting up, and he has been a top 100 player, amazingly. It just had no chance of sticking, and it was on the back of some insane percentages and steal numbers. And they just don't have that ability to be able to continue in my mind. Let's go on to the next game. It is the Detroit Pistons and the Brooklyn Nets. Big, big win for the Nets. 117-91 against the Pistons, who did get their first win over the weekend. But if you're a Dwayne Casey fan, just might want to forward a little bit here. And I know people will defend him. And let's get this out of the way. Dwayne Casey is an absolutely top-notch bloke. An absolute ripper of a bloke. A great guy. The players love him, rightfully so. I love him as a bloke. He is fantastic. I just think he's a terrible NBA coach from a rotational decision-making perspective. Player relationships, excellent. No worries. Fantastic. But this guy can't take your team to the next level. So many things are confusing about what he does. And I know the beat writers are getting really sort of defensive about some of this stuff and about the minutes. All the young guys are still getting minutes. It, does, it still doesn't, it's still not right. Let's start with Elf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. I've got a lot to say here about this team. Isaiah Stewart was a guy before the, well, after the NBA draft. I hated the Pistons picking him at 6. I don't think this guy's an NBA starting caliber center, right? Didn't like it at all. Then he started to play, and yeah, he looked like he'd adapted a lot from his Washington days. He played really good defense. I don't know, all right, okay. Maybe I was wrong about him, right? Maybe I was wrong. I still don't think, and then even in the preseason, I said, look, if the Pistons get to a spot where they get number, or yeah, before the draft, I said, if they get like pick two, you, you take Evan Mobley. Isaiah Stewart is not a foundational franchise piece, and Pistons fans hated me for it. 
This dickhead never watches Pistons. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Stewart is definitely a future piece. He's definitely part they're building around, which is clear garbage, right? He can be a really solid center, but he's not a foundational piece. But then heading into this year, I went, all right, they haven't addressed it with a young player. A Linux there to help space and play next to him and play behind him. They'll give him good minutes and they'll try and develop him and see what they can get. So I had him up in like the 60s in drafts. And I did say prior to the draft, I go, there's, there's a real case here that he is getting pushed way too high. And therefore, I didn't end up drafting him in a lot of spots because you know he was initially ranked 130th and I had him at 65th or whatever. So this is great value, guys. And then because I had him at that spot, like the numbers kept coming in and then he started getting drafted in the 40s and the 50s. I went, there's no way. Like, this is not right. And now, I don't understand what's happening with him. He had like 18 minutes played only. And I think he played 14 minutes in the first half. He ended up with five points, one rebound, no steals, no blocks. And he hit a three, so that's encouraging. He's the 130th ranked player playing 23 minutes a night. Now, you can tell me all you want that we're playing young players, but I do not need to see Trey Lyles play 17 minutes. I don't need to see nine minutes of Luca Gaza. Oh, you're getting blown out. We develop the young guys. Your whole team, sorry kids, your whole team are fucking young players. Develop them. So, the confusion I have is why is he not playing? I'm not going to say he's been particularly good, but is the Pistons aim to win lots of games this year? Well, Dwayne Casey wants to win games. He's the coach. Sure. Is that working? No. So this method of him playing these older guys to win games is not working because that's just this fallacy that we hear. Oh, you've got to get the vets in because you know, coaches always want to win games. It doesn't. It's not working. They're not winning games. Sorry. I'm holding Isaiah Stewart. I'd buy him low. But it's annoying. And Casey's annoying. Kelly Linick, nine points, two rebounds, two assists in 21 minutes, while MC Hamadou Diallo started with Cade Cunningham out. And no, Cade Cunningham is not resting every back-to-back. No, he is not on a minutes restriction all season. No, they are not deliberately sitting him out to tank. No, he is not made of glass. No, they're not lying. The dude just came back for his first game in a month on a back-to-back, and they didn't play him. That is it. No need to read conspiracy theories into it. Josh Jackson had 12-5-3 on bad percentages. That is the Josh Jackson story. While the depressed penis dropped in six assists. Sadiq Bay nine points in 27 for him. Killian Hayes. 22 minutes. Why? Corey Joseph played 21 minutes, had 13 points. There's just no need for those minutes to be that way. Get Hayes more experience. He had five steals, which is excellent. Six points and two rebounds and two assists isn't particularly good, but he got to the line four times. He's not a 12-team league guy. Don't don't get me wrong. He's not. He's not 14. He's not 16, probably. But there are opportunities to play him more, and they don't. 11 points for Jeremy Grant in four, uh, with four rebounds. He's worse than last season so far, and I think that's probably right. Well, Trey Lyles had eight points in 17 minutes. It just frustrates me. The This is a bad team, but there are ways to be bad and fun, and the Pistons are not. Onto the Nets. Kevin Durant got ejected, which is annoying because I had him at the uh, over-under player prop of 27.5 points. He had 23 minutes in 27 minutes. He was going to hit it as well. 23 points for him. Well, Jimmy Harden, only 18 points. He took nine shots, but 18, 10, and 12 with four threes. He is now the 12th ranked player this season. 24 minutes for DeAndre Bembry. Really good game. 15 and seven with two steals. Now, he is a nice deep league ad. The minutes are pushing up for him as they're deciding that they should play him more than some of these other spots. But interesting. Aldridge, 16 points on 88% shooting. 
talked about him already. He's an interesting stream. While Joe Harris had 12 points and two threes, drop him. He's not a 12-team league guy. Paddy Mills, he's not a 12-team league guy. Two points in, uh, Mills, sorry, seven points in 20 minutes. They're just not. Like, they had that hot start to the year, Mills, and it's just had no chance of continuing. Sorry, I love Paddy Mills. Aussie bias. That's the only reason you like Josh Giddy. If I had Aussie bias, I'd been telling you to add Paddy Mills the whole time. Seven points in 20 minutes for Millsy. He's a drop. Well, the Shark Bruce Brown brought us three steals. Where's my shark noise? Baby shark. He's fine as a 12-team league guy without being an absolute guaranteed must-roster player. Like, he's absolutely fine. I just think the upside for him is pretty low. Blake Griffin doesn't deserve a spot on a 14-team roster. Eight and five in 20 minutes for Blake. And that's about it. We've got seven minutes of Dayron Sharp who hit a three. Now, this bloke can hit threes. Ooh, that's interesting, isn't it? And Cam Thomas, who's just not anywhere close to a part of the rotation, which is not a surprise given the players who are currently on this team. All right, so let's go to the last game of the night. And who is it? Oh, it was the Los Angeles Lakers, of course, beating the Houston Rockets. Um, what was it? 95-85 in the end. The, the Lakers did have a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter. The Rockets did bring it back and get close, but in the end, the Lakers pull away. Let's talk about Alperen Sengun. 20 minutes, 11 and 7, three steals. Five of six from the line. He brought him back into it. He's a must roster player. He's a top you know, 110 guy in under 20 minutes. At some point, this shit has to give, and he's got to start. I could argue, maybe it wouldn't be successful. He's their best player at the moment. It's, it's, a, it's a flimsy argument, but it's not far off. He's really good. And he needs to play more, and he cannot be on any waiver wire. Eric Gordon, a nice streamer for points, 17 points with four threes. While Cousin Kev almost got to a double-double with 13 and nine, four assists and two steals. Missed his only free throw. Continues to struggle still. It's just, it is a frustrating experience watching him. And I think him and Green as a pairing do not work. It's only minimal you know, time together, but I had that worry beforehand. What I've seen so far has confirmed it. Um, we'll see how it moves in the future. If I had Kevin Porter in a dynasty league, I'd wait for a, f a string of a few games together because people obviously value him higher than I do as an ongoing prospect, and I would try to sell after he strings together some good games. Please don't drop Jalen Green. If you drafted him, hopefully you are you understood that the first, maybe up to Christmas, first month or two would be rough. We talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. Seven, five, and five. It will get better. He will shoot better. It's bad to see 25 from the field and 50 from the line. No doubt. That's shithouse. And he's outside the top 130. He's no good at the moment. He's just not good yet. But we hold him. Much like with Jalen Suggs, we hold these guys. You have to have that stomach if you're drafting rookies. A lot of them are going to be bad early on. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate played 18 minutes. It's very hard to have him as a must-roster player. Very hard. In fact, he's not. You can drop him if you want. While um, Christian Wood had 16 and 13, unfortunately, he went one of seven from the line. So some of that good work in building up his free throws earlier um, just got toileted right here. Well, Daniel Tice had three points in 21 minutes. Not a great not a great Tice night at all. Good to see KJ Martin firing up late, 12 in 16 minutes. He just needs to play more. I, I don't know why they signed Tice. Get him out of there. Play Shangun and Martin and see what we can bring. In fact, play Martin over... Um, yeah, play Martin over, what's his name? Uh, Jason Tate at the moment. Martin is uh, younger, what, five, six years younger? I'm not saying Tate can't be a useful piece, but I don't think he's a starter on a good team, personally. On to the Lakers. Another hot shooting night from Mallow. 23 points and five triples. That's not going to stick, nor is two steals and four blocks, a career-high four blocks for Mallow. 
He was shooting like 56% from three heading into this game and shot 63% here. I, again, I 100% guarantee you this is going to come down. You can stream him for now, for sure. All right, the points and threes are fantastic, but it is not going to continue. Sell high if you can. LeBron had 15, 7, and 8, four steals and a block. Unfortunately, he shot just 32%, but good numbers nonetheless. While Davis had 16 and 13 with poor shooting as well. Now, Anthony Davis did start this one at center. And I think that's mainly because Dwight Howard was out, so they needed to back up center, so they put DeAndre Jordan into that role. I do not think that this is what they are doing moving forward. Jordan had 8-3 and three off the bench, while 28-9 and nine for Westbrook in 35 minutes. Missed his only free throw and was 41% from the field. So another just dreadful percentage night there. They did start Avery Bradley in place of DeAndre Jordan, and he, in true Avery Bradley style, had two points. He offered three steals and a block, but do not buy into Avery Bradley as any sort of fantasy ad. Well, Malik Monk, remember that good game he had? Uh, he was zero points in 19 minutes of zero of six shooting. And when Allington and Horton Tucker and Ariza and Nana back, Monks is not going to touch the floor. He's just not going to be there. He's, he's not going to do it. All right, let's look at the top performers in um, category leagues today. Giannis at one, Harden two, Lamello three, Mallow four. The two Mallows there. Rudy Gobert at five, Holmes at six, Miles Bridges at seven, Donovan Mitchell eight, Kelly Oubre nine, and then Yusuf Nurkic at number 10. And in terms of players rostered in under 50% of leagues, um, you know what? I just I, I just realized I made this list, and these are the guys rostered. Oh, no, they are rostered under 50. Ignore me. I'm talking crap. Um, Bembry, Anthony Simons, Dwight Powell, Larry Nance, Eric Gordon, DeAndre Jordan. Let's talk about Actually, go back. A disaster of a segment. Let's go back. DeAndre Bembry, deeper league guy. Anthony Simons, 12-team streamer. Dwight Powell, 12 to 14 team league streamer. Larry Nance, not must roster, but can be fine. Eric Gordon, absolute 12 team streamer. DeAndre Jordan, get out of here. Frank Nilakina, interesting performance, but nothing that makes me interested for fantasy. Royce O'Neal, excellent 12 team streamer and nothing else. Killian Hayes, Dwayne Casey, and Trey Lyles, Dwayne Casey. All right, let's look at the top points league performers from today. It's Giannis at one, it's Luca at two, Lamello at three, LeBron four, Ubre five, uh, Carmelo Anthony six, Russell Westbrook seven. James Harden, 8, Miles Bridges, 9, and Rashawn Holmes comes in at 10 for points leagues. And giving an update on the Locked On Championship Leagues, I'm only going to update the Roto one because all the, the standings haven't processed for head-to-head. -head. I'll, I'll try and do that tomorrow. But in the Roto League, the leader of the Roto Championship is Q-Town Last Resorts. My team is currently fourth. My team also has the fewest games played out of every team in those standings. So I'm pretty happy, to be honest, to be sitting at fourth with 59 games played, while the top team has 87 games played. Nobody has fewer games played than me, yet I'm sitting fourth. So I am in absolute prime position to come in and smash through this um, roto. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But yeah, that is when I'm 28 games behind the team in uh, number one spot. Because I'm just pacing myself. I'll get those games in later on. That is where uh, I currently sit in that one. We'll do the head-to-head -head one tomorrow. Guys, That'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. But if you're here on YouTube, thumb me up, leave a comment, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.